Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions. And that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey. And we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children. And my name is Alma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories, key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Career Gems for the Journey. This is Leah. And this is Ama. Hi, you guys. We've missed you. Um, How's everybody feeling out there? What's going on? So um, we're back and we're back with another episode that is uh, another hard hitter. So we're keeping with this theme of really impactful, um, hopeful advice or tips that you guys can take away. This one is a little bit more um, unique, right? Because someone has reached out and I've gotten this question tons of times. And it's really about how do you make sure that you're clear on whether or not the organization you're in right now is the right fit for you. So people ask me all the time, how do I know it's time for me to go? How do I know when it's time for me to take a new role? And I know that's come up for me personally in my career. And, you know, there's a certain sense that you get. And sometimes it's hard to quantify. So this episode is to help you guys quantify what it looks like, what it feels like even, because, you know, we're all about making sure we're reading the vibes. So we wanted to just give a quick five questions to ask yourself as to whether or not it's time for you to make a transition, make time for make a pivot. I love our quick five tip heavy hitter episodes, you know, I mean, if you're out for a nice run, if you've just put deep conditioner in your hair, you know, you've got the cap on, Curly girl these are life. perfect for this. As I mentioned earlier, I get it, the question all the time. Over the last 10 years, I've seen the world change, right? We all have in the world of work change, the way people work, the way people see themselves in corporations, the way corporations treat their employees, all this, all these things continue to evolve. So this is a really unique personal question. So people have so many options that just weren't accessible in previous generations or even just 10 years ago. So there's been a surge in companies like focusing on digital, fueling entrepreneurship. Um, and then there's the traditional kind of legacy style corporations that are working to keep up, right? In some cases, they're being forced to evolve faster because there are all of these external pressures that are giving people more options than they would have had before, which I think is a great thing, right? I think the more options you have, that's really what drives employees to feel like this is the right fit for me, despite um, for personal reasons, as well as for professional reasons. 
this question is something that it's extremely personal and you can't get the advice from someone else, right? I, though I'm a career coach and really passionate about the work, I can't tell you, right, if it's time for you to go, but I can help you get a sense of what are the signals, key points that you need to start thinking about or feelings that you should recognize and acknowledge when the question is kind of coming close to you. So this episode will walk through a series of customized, targeted questions that I use with my executive coaching clients. So you guys are getting getting some insider information. So question number one, let's get right in. Am I feeling the current vibe? So am I feeling the current vibe, right? That's why this is so personal because it's not just, you know, are the right things happening on paper? It's about how I feel in the environment that I'm in on a day-to-day basis. And that's driven by relationships with your coworkers. That's driven by relationships with your boss. That's driven by your commute. That's driven by the type of work that you're working on. But I love to take it even one step higher, right? Like the question zero really is, am I running towards something that I'm excited about every day? Am I looking forward to going to work? Because I think that we discredit sometimes the feelings that we have to say like, oh, you know, I'll just push it down or I'll ignore it. Um, If you're feeling a certain kind of way as you're going into work on a daily basis, then pay attention to that feeling. And then once you actually get into the building and you into the virtual workspace right now that we're all working on quarantine, give it give a sense of your own intuition to say, am I feeling the current vibe? Um, What do you think about? When you think about environments that have been really good vibe environments for you and potentially environments where you recognize it wasn't a fit for you. Yeah, so I actually rather start from the other end because it's way easier. How have I recognized when an environment wasn't for me? I'll give you one example. My stomach started to turn as soon as I walked into the entrance of the building. I mean, I immediately started to have heart palpitations. My stomach started to turn. That is one of the clear physical signs that this is not the right place for you. Uh, So I have experienced that firsthand every day from about four months in, right? And a lot of people say, well, four months, that's not a lot of time. So give it some more time. And that's what they said, you know, back when I had this particular role. So I gave it, you know, a few more months. And next thing you know, it's a year. Next thing you know, it's a year and a half. And I still felt that same exact way. And I actually stayed there uh, two years for in a role. So imagine that every day coming into uh, a job, uh, because that's really what I felt. I didn't feel like I was in a career path. So that was part of the reason why I was feeling the way I, I was. But imagine walking into a job every day and your stomach starts to turn and your heart starts to race. And then you just start to do things to, to cope. So that's one way that I was able to notice that "Mm, this is not the right place. And no, I am not feeling the current vibe. However, an example of when I knew it was the right place was when I just felt energized. I looked forward to coming to work and I didn't think of work as a job. I thought of it as a lifestyle, actually. And it extended well beyond just the office. And that's how I knew, okay, I love what I do. And I remember that time in my life. I mean, I felt good, you know, I felt healthy. And it was weird though, because I would run into people and they would say, oh, you know, what do you do? And the question would be, do you like your job? 
And I would always respond, I love what I do. And they would say, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel good. (laughs) (laughs) I feel good. But like, I almost think of it as, do you enjoy where you're at? Yes or no? Yeah, I think your point is so well made because your career is a form of a relationship, right? The organization that you're working in, the time you're spending there, there are um, commitments that you guys have to make to each other in order to make sure that you guys can build trust between you and your um, employer, or even if you're an entrepreneur, you and the people that you service in your business. Um, You build trust and relationships inside of the organization with coworkers or peers. And your job is a really big, or the work that you do is a really big part of your identity. So it is a relationship and it's important. And we should think about it in a way that we're going to invest, you know, strong time and energy for, and we should get something back out of that's more than just a paycheck, right? I know there are a lot of organizations that say, well, you know, you get paid every day and that should be enough. And There was a time where that made perfect sense, but we're living in an era now where work and life are so integrated that it's very difficult to only expect, well, I got a paycheck and it got to my direct deposit on time. And we spend so much time there though. I mean, think about it. I mean, gone are the days of, you know, the 40 hour work week. I mean, it is, I mean, and then once you start calculating commute time, right. And it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot. So for, for a place where you spend, I don't know, maybe 70% of your time that you're awake, I mean, it's got to be more than just a place that you're coming to collect a paycheck. And it's fine if that's what it is for you, but there's got to be other things that bring you joy. Hopefully, it's your coworkers. Hopefully, it's, you know, the environment or the office and, you know, and ideally, right, which is what we're hoping many of you guys and listeners will get to is a place where you feel like you are living in your purpose, that you feel passionate about what you do, you feel fulfilled, and you feel valued. And I'll tell you one thing that I think attributes to why I did not enjoy to the point where I have my stomach turning every time I walked into one of my previous jobs is because I had an expectation of what I wanted to get out of that role. I had an expectation of the value that I would bring. And I had an expectation of how fulfilled I would feel with skills. I would leave that role and leave the building with every day. And none of those were accomplished. So you totally gave me a softball, right? Because question number two to ask yourself, if you're on the fence and you're trying to figure out if it's a good fit for you to stay, is have I accomplished my objective for taking the role? Now, this one is a little bit deeper because it assumes that you had a clear objective when you took the role to begin with, right? And, you know, we talked a little bit about making sure you get a paycheck. That's always an objective, right? We want to make sure we get paid what we're valued, um, paid based on our value, and that we have compensation that is commensurate with our skills. We can do a whole episode. Oh, wait, Leah, hold on. Hold on. Let, me, let me interject for two seconds and I'll let you continue. I think another way to, to, to help yourself answer the question of whether you're feeling the vibe is, would you do this for free? Well, and if the answer is yes, I mean, it's, it might be a little deeper than what we wanted to go, but I think if the answer is yes to that question, then you're absolutely doing the thing that you are passionate about, that you love to do, and essentially fulfilling a purpose that you feel 
that you you should be um, because if you'll do it for free everything else is extra so you'll definitely do so it for money. I, I mean i love the idea of being able to do work that's tied to your purpose and tied to your passion i think that that is something that you know progressively we're giving ourselves permission to do more frequently uh, especially as there, um, there are just so many non-traditional paths that people can take. But I think it also ties you back to, you know, getting a really deep understanding of your own self-awareness. What are you super passionate about? Mm -hmm. What kind of work would you know cause you to jump to get out of bed in the morning? And oftentimes we've taken roles or we've taken assignments um, or jobs because it seemed like the right thing to do on paper or, you know, it had the right compensation that we needed, or it was convenient from a location standpoint and where we lived. So we do it for really practical reasons. And those are completely valid, right? Because there's bills that need to get paid and there's life that needs to get financed. So it really depends on if you think of your job as something that is a part of your life or it just finances your life, or if you see your job as a part of who you are and you want to integrate your life and your work then you're really getting to the place where there's the potential where you can do work that you're passionate about or that's tied to your purpose. So it definitely requires a mind state shift. Um, so I think it's a great point to have folks think about, you know, would I do this kind of work for free? If so, then I'm really doing great work that's tied to my passion and I should keep going. But, you know, until we get to that mind state where it's like, yeah, that's exactly the way I want my life to flow. You know, I think it's great for folks to um, to kind of have that in their pocket if they're thinking about potentially making a transition. If you're in a role right now that you're not super passionate about and you want to make a transition into that next phase, start to think about it and ask those questions of yourself now. What kind of work would you know cause me to jump out of bed in the morning? So I'll just repeat question number two here, which is, have I accomplished my objective for taking the role? So it gets a little bit deep because you would have had to take the role or the assignment um, with an objective in mind. And when I talk to folks about their career and being really intentional and thoughtful about what career moves they make, what organizations they choose to work for, um, what projects they take during the time in the organization, all those things can be driven by an overall objective. And when I say objective, it's what are you trying to accomplish? What skill set are you trying to develop? What kind of expertise do you want to build? What do you want to be known for? And do you see roles that are that you aspire to that you're progressively trying to work towards? So I'll give a quick story about my background. Um, everybody knows I'm the engineer on the podcast. Cool. And uh, as an engineer. <laughs> we, we, we love do. our engineers. We do. Heart engineers. Um <laughs> As an engineer, the projects that I used to work on in early in my career were very technical, right? Which is good. Enjoyed it. It was a good fit. But progressively, as I got um, to do more and more projects, I realized that there wasn't any real strategy or decision making that was happening at the level that I was at. So I would get frustrated because I would hear that these decisions came from this, you know, high up above, right? In a tower. You know, so-and-so leader said, we're going to do this kind of work. And I would know intrinsically like, well, you know, did, did we think about that? Did we consider these other things? And the answer for the most part was no, right? Because they weren't close enough to the work. So it was that moment that I made a decision. My objective is to get to the point where I am getting closer to that ivory tower so I can help inform the work that I do and people who look like me or people who do the same work that I do, they do. So 
that was a, you know, for example, a vice president role in a, in a technical capacity. So I started thinking, how do I get myself to a vice president role? So it wasn't really about level. It wasn't really about title. It was really more about autonomy, right? And influence over the organization. So every role that I took for a number of years was against this objective of, I want to have more influence and autonomy. I identified that as something that comes at the vice president of supply chain level. And that was my objective, right? Now I am progressively making steps to get there. I'm working with my mentors and my sponsors to help me get experiences that will allow me to get to that role as my overall objective. And I know everybody who listens to this podcast has a really unique set of skills, whether we ha- whether you're a teacher, whether you're you know a nurse practitioner, whether you're a brand marketer like Ama, there's always this potential end goal that you should be looking at and progressively working towards as you're building unique experiences and core competencies. But I think it applies to all of us, though, Leah. I mean, even in marketing, it's my question for, for, for how I even decided to go down this path is how do I get to be the other person on the other end of this conference call, right? And this goes back to one of our other episodes when it's what am I missing in order to reach my objective? And if you, you know, if you apply this objective first framework to your career, it can, it transcends any industry. I was working at an agency, a creative agency, uh, advertising, uh, and I was on the phone with a client and I said, uh, I feel like we're on a hamster wheel. We were all here till midnight and the client just said, ah, you know, we changed our minds. And now we had to go back to the drawing board. That was that moment where I said, hmm, how do I get to be that person on the other end of the phone call? making the decisions about the strategy the same way you just said how do i get to be the person that is making the decisions about the the strategic outlook of of the next steps for this role you know so i think it, it i think it doesn't matter w- what role you're in what industry you're in if you're asking yourself the question how do i get to be in you know fill in the blank title fill in the blank role uh i think that all of us can 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 ask ourselves that and start to fill in those blanks and and be able to supply ourselves with skills with experience and put together a little bit of a plan uh and what do i need to achieve what do i need to what, what skills do i need to gain what what additional things do i need to learn in order to move uh into that other role so answering the question have i accomplished my objective for taking the role means you're setting an objective but it also means that as i get closer towards that objective, I recognize that I accomplished it. And when I, when I recognize I accomplished that goal, then, you know, you feel released often. You feel like, okay, good. It's time for me to move on because I've gotten those core competencies or I've gotten that exposure. I've been able to build those relationships. So now I'm, I'm prepared to move on. So the one, and you just touched on um, kind of question number three here. Um, you're like, we're here, right? We're jumping double dutch together. Um, <laughs> and this one, this one is a big motivator for me. Uh, we talked about drivers in another episode. The question, uh, and I think it's, I think it's a big motivator for a lot of folks. Um, as I hear when I'm talking to clients, is, am I learning? Am I continuing to be developed? Which is really critical, right? You want to feel like, um, like I said earlier, you feel like the organization is investing in you, and you're investing in the organization. That it's a mutually beneficial relationship. And you are continuing to gain skill set. You're continuing to feel confident that your opinion is valued. 
in that you have people that you can learn from, right? There's people who are either your peers or people who are in other functions or people who are in your vertical. And there's still this opportunity for you to continue to learn and take on new projects and have new stimulating experiences because of whatever the role is. So when you're learning, when you're doing new things, when you're able to take on projects that are different, when you're able to collaborate with people, I know that's a big driver for AMA, or the company is doing innovative new things and you get an opportunity to participate, folks feel very invested in having the opportunity to continue to learn and to be developed and be invested in. So the question always bears, are you feeling that way that you're getting that additional development or that when the opportunities come, your name is one of the names that get called, that gets called to get that opportunity. You know what this means, right, Lee? This means that you're also asking yourself, am I growing? Am I experiencing growth? And I think this where this is this is kind of where it gets a little tricky. At least for me, it gets a little tricky because when there's growth, sometimes there's growing pains. So you know, there's mistakes and uh, there's hiccups and there's unexpected challenges, and sometimes it just doesn't look pretty. But I think when you've gotten to a place where you've asked yourself, "Am I learning? Am I growing? Am I attaining new skills?" that also comes with making some mistakes, right? Because how often, it's just like riding a bike, right? The first time you rode a bike, you had to fall off a few times, right? Before you could take off the training wheels and and get on the two-wheeler. So I think as long as you are open to what that growth might look like and you're having honest dialogue with your peers and your supervisor so that you both, the whole team is aligned on this path and what you're looking to learn, you'll also find that uh, your your colleagues might be a little more forgiving. Your supervisor might be a little more forgiving. And you know it allows you to make mistakes in order to grow so that you can become that expert, right? Um, and set yourself on a trajectory and on a path uh, to get, you know, to, to be that VP, you know, role that Leah talked about, or in, in my case, to be the other person on the phone, the other side of the conference call that's making the strategic decisions, because you've tried it, you've messed up a little bit, you figured it out. Yeah. And I mean, you've you're, grown. you're absolutely you've learned. right that in order for you to grow, in order for you to have experiences that are going to add to your tool set or your core competencies, it does require some experimentation, right? It does require some trial and error. And that comes, you know, at the cost of this perfect image, right? Of like, I have it all under control. I just want to take a minute here because we are often deterred from taking any risk, right? And I'm speaking from my own experience. Risk taking and intentional risk taking is the differentiator for you know, career growth, but that risk is going to come with a little bit of discomfort. The risk is going to come with some, you know, with some stretch and you're absolutely right. That mistakes are going to get made over time as you're, you know, perfecting your craft and working to build your mastery. You learn a lot from those mistakes. You know, there's all kinds of research that says you learn more from failure than you do from success because that failure really helped you to course correct. So I think the point you were making on is around your boss, your supervisor, your peers being more forgiving of you not being fully baked and 100%, um, you know, perfect at everything when you're taking on a role that is a learning role or that requires, you know, more growth. But it definitely does tie back to your ability to 
to feel good about being in an organization as you continue to have opportunities to do new things or to take some of those risks and feel like, you know, failing fast is a part of the organizational learning. And it's not something that you're going to be judged harshly for. It's more of, you know, we all knew this was a growth opportunity, but it does require you to have some trust of the people in the organization that you're not going to be judged harshly when those mistakes do come because it is inevitable, right? As we're learning and growing outside of our comfort zone, there are definitely some mistakes that can come. Yeah. yeah failing fast. That's a gem, right? If you, if you are going to fail, if you are going to make, make mistakes, uh, do it quickly. And it's not always uh, a matter of what you've done wrong, but it could be a matter of how you've handled the mistake and how you've recovered from the quote unquote failure yeah. after so, you failed fast. Um, it really led us right into, and we kind of touched on this for point question number four is, do I see opportunity for career growth? Right. So the previous question was around, am I learning personally? Do I feel stimulated in the work that I do? Do I have opportunities to try new things? This one is more like, am I getting signals from the organization that there's still room for me to grow? There's still room for me to take on, um, you know, broader assignments. Do they believe that I have the potential to continue to be a valued asset to the organization? And those signals come in a couple of forms. So, you know, I'm going to take it, put it in non-HR at all, non-coaching terms. Is anybody asking you what you want to do next? Are you having conversations with your direct manager, with your direct supervisor, or with, you know, other leaders in the organization about what are you interested in? What do you want to do next? I could see you in these types of roles. Or, you know, I think in a year, 18 months, you could be doing this other thing. Those are all um, code words or signals that they believe, the organization believes, that you have potential for career growth. And that's really important. Um, I was at a stage in a previous organization that I essentially, you know, had reached the top rung um, that I could in that organization. And then there was one person above me and he told me flat out, like, you know, I'm going to be here for another nine years until my children graduate from high school. So it was like, oh, oh, so... So like, there's nothing else I can do, right? There's no more growth for me. And FYI, uh, you know, heads up. I am, <laughs> I'm not going nowhere no time soon. So if you want to, you might, you might want to leave. But to that point, Leah, I mean, the same questions that you want the organization to be asking of you, it's okay for you to ask the organization, right? So I don't know how that particular conversation got started with you and I guess it was your supervisor, but you know, it could have been, you know, Hey, can we set up a meeting? Here's what I was thinking in terms of where I see myself, you know, six month year, two year plan. The vibe was good. I had accomplished the objective that I was trying to accomplish in the role. And I felt like I was still learning, but I definitely felt like I was prepared to do it at the next level, right? That I had, I had earned the right to do it at the next level. So that looked like me and my boss having a, you know, a casual conversation in one of our one-on-ones where I said, you know, I feel like I've mastered this. I'm feeling really good about it. I laid out kind of where my results had been. And he agreed, nodded his head, you know, patted me on the back. Leah, you're right. You're doing all the right things. And that's Mm -hmm. great. And he said, you know, but basically what's going to happen here is you would have to relocate and go to this other area, this other place, or the only other role is the role that I'm in. And he's like, you know, I understand you're young, you're ambitious, you, you know, you want this job and I would too. That's why I have it. 
And I wasn't even, I was disappointed, right? I was kind of annoyed, but I was glad that he told me. I was glad that he like laid the option out for me of like, listen, this is not, there's no more vertical movement here. So if you want to do something different than the role you're in now, it won't be this job. So what do you want? So it did strike an opportunity for more dialogue of, well, did I want to move into a different um, function or did I really want to relocate? Which forced me to ask myself some questions. What's more important to me right now in this stage of my own life? personal and professional life. Do I want to take a relocation right now to take a new role? Do I want to leave and go to another company and potentially stay local? You know, do I have any other variables that would impact my career decisions? Because as we said earlier, career is a big part of your life, right? And your identity. So it was good to have the dialogue. And I was glad that he was transparent with me and didn't just keep me on this like runaround where, you know, a year from now, it's like, oh, you got to do this one more thing. You got to do this one more thing. We've all been there, right? Oh my gosh. I mean, how many of us have been there? I mean, raise your hands, right? If you are listening to this, if you are listening to this podcast right now and you have felt like you have been on the runaround, I mean, on a hamster wheel, thinking that if you do this, you'll get a promotion. And then they say, well, you know, if you do this, you'll get a promotion. Or actually, if you do that, we really need someone to have. And I mean, yeah, before you know it, you feel like you're just spinning you just, in circles. Keep moving the goalposts and, and you're not clear on what it would take to get to that next level. So, you know, we've all been in those situations. So that's why I gave him a lot of credit for being transparent about it. And, you know, fortunately for him or unfortunately for him, not really sure, um, I decided to leave. I decided to leave, even though all of the first three questions I was able to answer yes to, I didn't see an opportunity for career growth. So I realized that I was going to have to go and live in another organization and apply my skills there in order to get the growth that I wanted to see. And, you know, obviously it's scary, right? Because you're in an organization that apparent that thinks highly of you. And I'm going to go into the next one um, around feeling valued, but everything else was a good signal. And I had people tell me like, why would you leave that job? That was a good job. Like you were getting paid well. And you know, you were doing this interesting stuff and you were traveling and it was cool, but I didn't feel like there was career growth. And that was a driver for me. I was, that was, I was in a stage of my career where I was very ambitious and very much wanting to continue to learn and to grow and to be perceived, right? Like the perception of continuing to move up was important to me because I was really working hard and giving a lot to my career. Um, so yeah, I decided to leave the organization and he and I kept in touch. We were, you know, good, good, you know, social media friends on LinkedIn and, you know, he didn't, there were no hard feelings. I really respected that he gave me the direct answer of like, I'm not leaving and there's really no other, anything you wanted to share around, do you see your opportunity for career growth and how that influenced your decision-making in your career? It's weird, Leah, because I think our careers have mirrored each other, even though they're in different industries. What you just described is exactly why I left my last job. I did not see any growth. I had laid out a plan and I was on that hamster wheel. Uh, there had been a lot of organizational uh, change. So I had a plan from day one from when I started in uh, one of my previous roles and I was aligned with my boss, my boss's boss. Everyone was on the same page. And then you know, sometimes unexpected events happen and organizations, they do the shakeup and then you're starting from square one again. So I did that again and I set up a plan in place, had conversations, was aligned and then things changed again. And I, I you know, I came right out and very similar to you. I had the conversation, asked the question, said, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. And they didn't have an answer for me. And so I gave them some more time. 
And I said, you know, this is not the right place for me. I'm taking my talents. Because <laughs> you have uh, options, elsewhere. right? And that's 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 key. <laughs> Having options is key. Everyone has options. I think every I mean, and I know I know this is uh, I was just about to say that I, I know it's subjective and everyone may not feel that way, but I honestly wholeheartedly believe that no matter who you are, everyone always has another option. All of us have options. It's just how much you believe in your options, how far you can see to even acknowledge and recognize and identify those options, and how much you believe in yourself that you can achieve anything that you work hard for. And if you can see it and you can believe it, <laughs> I feel it, like I am like it. getting the best pep talk, right? Like it was like a, <laughs> it was the pep I talk know. from PBS. I love it. I know. There I you know. go. I know, like this is PBS, right? But, NPR radio. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> after school special. <laughs> here, which is, am I valued? Right? Do the people in the organization value me, see me as an asset, appreciate the work that I do, acknowledge that work, compensate me for that work, right? Because all this compensate, I wanted to make Say that again. Say that again. We're about jumping <laughs> There are, you know, we mentioned earlier, a lot of people are like, well, you're getting a steady paycheck and that should be enough. You know, we certainly on Gems for the Journey aspire, right, to have more, right? We aspire to have everything that God has promised us, right? So we aspire to have more than just a paycheck. We want to be in an organization where our talents are valued and compensated appropriately. And I think now there are just so many resources out there for folks to be able to learn and find out more about compensation. There's everything from Glassdoor, um, you know, all the way through. Now LinkedIn has tools to be able to assess compensation. So this is not an episode about compensation. It's really an episode about making sure that you feel like you're valued. If you have that feeling and you're asking yourself that question, am I valued? When I speak, do people respect what I am sharing? When I am giving, you know, 110% and I'm going the extra mile, do people acknowledge that? When I, you know, call out a red flag or I signal something is concerning, is it taken into account? Um, when I, you know, do high quality work and then it's not, you know, immediately acknowledged or used, do we circle back to make sure that it's, that the work itself, you know, doesn't go to waste? Because oftentimes people feel like they're not seen or people feel like their opinion is not, you know, equally on the same footing as other people. So they feel like they have to, um, take a step back or be in the shadows and people don't feel valued in that way. And that's a lot of the time where you start to get that stomach churn, yeah. right? Or you start to get that, you know, I don't like being in these rooms because I don't feel valued. I don't feel fully seen. Yeah. Yeah. And th the last two for me are really big. I mean, and you touched on it. Part of the reason why my stomach was turning at one of my previous jobs, which has helped me realize that I'm not feeling this vibe was because not only did I not accomplish the objective that I had set forth for myself and the role didn't meet the expectations that I had, and therefore I was not meeting the expectations of the role. I did not feel I was learning the way I wanted to. I did not see the career growth because there had been a shift in the organization. But once that shift happened, actually twice, the my value, right, and, and my perceived value, my perceived value had had diminished and once you get to a point where you know people are talking over you to me that's an indication that whatever i'm saying you is not valued 
And for me, and just to kind of share a little bit of my own personal story, for me, I had gone from being someone in the room, even though I was one of sort of the lowest level in a particular meeting, my voice, my opinion, my recommendation was equally heard. I had the same amount of time on the floor as the CEO that might've been in that meeting. And it was a whole 180 by the time I left my role. It had gone from, you know, Amma's got the floor, we're all listening and, you know, discussing, reacting, responding to, to her thoughts and her opinions to, hey, Amma, you know, I know you feel like, you know, you should be able to say something, but we were thinking, you know, you let, you know, so-and-so speak first, you know, let's, I'm going to make it up. It might've been a VP. And then uh, if you could let, you know, the senior directors in the room speak uh, and, you know, take a cue and we'll let you know if you could speak. That is when I said, oh, okay, right. you guys don't value what mm -hmm. I bring to the table. Why am I even in here? Why am I even in here? You know, I, you guys, I just got knocked down multiple titles and it's not even necessarily about the title, but just multiple rungs. And when I don't feel valued and I don't feel like my opinion is being heard, I just don't feel like that's the place for me. And nor is that an organization where I feel like growth can exist, right? Because if no one hears you, if, if you, if you, if they don't see you and they don't hear you, how right. could an opportunity it, it for cannot. growth even exist? It cannot. And that's why that one is, is the closing mm. one. If you don't feel like these things are working for you, the five questions and I'm going to recap them for us. If I don't, if I'm not feeling the current vibe and, um, and I'm asking myself, have I accomplished the objectives for why I took the role and I'm following up with, am I learning? Do I see an opportunity for career growth? Am I valued? If you can ask yourself these five questions and be really honest with what the answer is to those questions, that will tell you everything that you need to know about whether or not this organization is great and you feel like you're firing on all cylinders and you should stay because there's so much more opportunity for you there. Or if it's time to transition, time to you know pivot and do something different. Now, that doesn't mean that immediately, right, you're jumping the gun and you're you're going out there. It just means that you are taking stock, right? You take an inventory for yourself and now you can take ownership of what happens to you next, right? What choices you make going forward. So I answered the questions and the answer for me is to stay. Okay, cool. I'm staying. I'm clear on what my objective is for this role and I'm going to continue to work my plan or it's time for me to go. It's time for me to transition. And maybe there's an opportunity for me to work with a coach to get a little bit more clarity on the next organization that I should work with. Because you know what that means, Leah, right? If it's, if you have, if, if, if you have answered no, you know, to, to, to three or more of the five questions and it's time to transition, that means it's Absolutely. also time to rework your plan, right? Because you can't, you can't have a plan that you can't work, right? You, you have to be able to work the plan. Uh, and if it's not working and you're not feeling the vibe, then it's time to take a step back and develop a new plan, revise the plan yeah. and, and get help. I just want to make sure need, I tell people, you know, reworking there's nothing plan. wrong with that. I think oftentimes we stay in roles or we stay in organizations or we stay in situations because we're afraid of the judgment of other people that may come because we needed to make a pivot 
or because we needed to take a lateral move and do something different or because we needed to go into a smaller company or a bigger company or this location, right? Like this is you, right? This is your career. This is your livelihood. And there's nothing wrong with having to replan. There's nothing wrong with reading the signals, understanding that a change needs to be made and then making the change. You always win when you move into doing something that is a better fit for you, that will give you the motivation that you need, that will make you feel good in the environment. There's already so many things in our life that are that are complicated, right? And that are judgmental and that are overwhelming. This one is something that you should do for yourself, right? There is definitely in your own best interest to be in an organization and in a role that you feel like is giving you the vibe that you want to get. And I just really want to give people the idea that give yourself full permission to have a new plan, to make a change, to take the pivot and to do what is in your best interest. So recap quick, five questions. Am I feeling the current vibe? Have I accomplished my objective for taking the role? Am I learning? Do I see opportunity for career growth? And am I valued? Ask yourself those five questions to get yourself off of the fence for whether or not this current organization and environment is a great fit for you. And if more than three of those questions is no, then, you know, it's time to rework the plan, you know, because you need a plan that works in order to work it. And yeah, if you need some yeah, help, so, I mean, that's where Leo comes in. <laughs> you can totally reach out. I would Dems love for the to journey. as many people as are interested with helping to develop their own career plan. I spend a lot of time with clients, really helping them see a bigger vision for themselves, um, for their career. And, you know, it's healthy. These kinds of exercises, these kinds of questions are really great prompts. But, you know, there's more depth that you can go into to keep that plan as detailed as you like, as strategic as you like, as free flowing as you like, right? To leave yourself room for unique opportunities or, you know, to change based on your own personal life or your own professional life. So, um, Hopefully, if you guys are interested, you can definitely reach out to us. It's, and we loved having you guys. Talk to you next time. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. And again, just reach out if you have any questions. Peace, people. Bye now. This was Amma Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the Journey on Instagram and Career Gems for the Journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at gemsforthejourney.org with any questions or comments you may have.